Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Plus, check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. Greetings, humans of Earth's podcastosphere. It's the Nerdist Podcast number 281. The day is almost upon us. My stand-up comedy special, Mandroid, is airing on Comedy Central tomorrow, November 10th at 11 p.m. 10 Central. See, after this, you're not going to have to listen to me talk about it anymore until the DVD comes out in January. But that gives you, like, a good six weeks of not hearing about it. So why don't you just watch it and get it out of the way? And then just be like, ah, fine, I got it, Hardwick, I'll watch it. Shut up already. Um, so that is happening. Please check it out. Also, a bunch of new series up on the Nerdist channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash Nerdist. The Sklar Brothers have Nerd Down in 10. Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson is in full swing. Uh, and Neil Patrick Harris's Puppet uh, Dreams, or Dreaming in Puppets, uh, is going to be coming up at the end of November. So youtube.com slash Nerdist. Click subscribe. Also on the Nerdist YouTube channel, I can announce that a super secret video will be made live on Tuesday. Tuesday, November 13th, a brand new Hard and Firm song with some very special guests about a thing that you might find relevant to some of your interests. So check that out as well. Tuesday, November 13th. I would like to thank uh, for the sponsor of the Nerdist Podcast, Samsung, tearing it up in the sponsorship zone. Uh, today we're talking about the Galaxy Note 2. It's like a phone, but then there's like a tablet because it's like five and a half inch screen. So it's like a tablet phone, but it's not so big that you couldn't put it in your pocket. And people will be like, what are you carrying around in there? It actually fits nicely in your pocket. Uh, it has a ton of great capabilities. There's a sharing capability. has the S-Beam feature. You can tap the back of another S-Beam enabled device. And you can share large files in seconds. None of the, uh, well, I gotta find a hotspot or I'll have to get this uh, on my computer and then emails me when I get home. Uh, you can just do it instantly. And with ShareShot, you can share 8 megapixel pictures taken with the Galaxy uh, with other phones up to 200 feet away. Also, the S Pen, which basically makes the device like a virtual notepad. Um, so you don't have to use your finger all the time. So, uh, the Galaxy Note 2 from Samsung, today's sponsor. Thank you so much for uh, keeping our, our little podcast boat afloat. And uh, check out the Samsung Galaxy Note 2. Now, this this episode of the podcast is Mr. Zach Braff, whom 
I met at a restaurant. This is one of the the nice. Uh, this is sort of one of the nice things about actually saying hi to someone in public, and they turn out to be a really nice person, and then you get to be friends afterwards. So then Zach did the podcast. Uh, we've hung out since then, right? A friendship has blossomed, but just a lovely guy and uh, super super funny, and uh, it was really was really great to have him on. Uh, a true friend to the nerd, that Zach Braff. So here we are, the Nerdist Podcast, episode number two eighty one with Zach Braff. Now entering nerdist.com. Gosh, unless we... Okay, we're recording now. Hi. What? Z- Testing one, two, three. Zach is a Zach is a Zach is a Zach. Zach Braff. He does that actually before every show. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's just your warm-up. It's yeah. weird that you're actually here for it now. Zach is a Zach is a Zach is a I didn't know if I was... If I, 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 I wasn't. I thought it was hilarious, but I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a joke at me or with me. And then she told me um, when I when I hung out with her that it was a joke with me. <laughs> yes, oh, she just said that my name know. was a nice name to burp. She's not wrong. She's not yeah. wrong. <laughs> Which is my favorite old timey song. Your name. Your name is a nice name to burp <laughs> today. And then it's just a list of it's old timey, and then a list of names. Yeah, of burp. I can't do the. I I think one time when I was a kid, I threw up. Do, trying to do that, yeah. like trying to force it out. Oh, that one magical summer. And then I was <laughs> never able to do it again. I was I was always afraid to try to burp people's Steve names. Steve Agee uh, loves saying rape when he uh, when he burps. Sure, it's uh, horrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because Steve Agee's. Do you know Steve? No, but this microphone smells like cigarettes. So <laughs> whoever was n- nuzzling up to this last had loved cigarettes. Wachowski. <laughs> I, the Wachowskis. I don't know if they smoked. I don't know if they smoked. They do a variety of things. Uh, <laughs> But uh, uh, and genders. It it was good to uh, edit point. Um, <laughs> it was good to, <laughs> and then I'll forget. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but at least people knew that you wanted to edit it out. And, yeah. You know the idea of doing it sometimes better than actually doing it. Well, I'm gonna have to edit that out because I, it's I not like gonna make I, sense if I edit the other part I get out. The most we're gonna edit that out. You do. Yeah, but we don't edit it out. How long does this show go? Seven hours. <laughs> Seven yeah. hours. Strap, Strap in. in. I can give you hours of content. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we need. Eight hours. Here we are in the podcast of on hour twelve. We've exhausted everything. No, I, I I won't exhaust you. I have so much information to share. <laughs> okay. Well, this is important that well, first of all, I should yes. let people know that uh that you we we were able to ensnare you in the podcast trap. Uh my girlfriend Chloe and I saw you at a sushi restaurant. Yes. And that I'm probably going to go to after we do oh, this. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. It's the best. We're not going to tell everyone what it is because we don't want them making it more crowded than it already is. So I know. Is it the one with the fish? Or? <laughs> it's the it's, one, it's the the one, one with the, the raw fish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that it's was the best fish. one out of all the sushi restaurants in Los Angeles. And then the Asian gentleman working behind the counter. That's just racist. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I um, like that I saw you there and you're particularly beautiful girlfriend because you're like the icon of of nerdist culture right i don't think and then it just made me so happy that here's this like icon of nerddom walking around with this particularly beautiful woman chloe is uh i'm gonna say 
possibly nerdier than I am. Really? Like, just not justify it, Chris. Not even possibly. <laughs> what? Not even possibly. Oh, she, yeah. she is nerdier <laughs> yeah. than She is. That's cool. I mean, one of the things I've discovered on, on Reddit since I've, I've, I've fully become immersed in the Reddit world. Yeah. A lot of free time. Is that um, <laughs> you too. get lost there. But uh, I was surprised at, um, at, you know, it's kind of like the place where beautiful female nerds can, 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 surface mm-hmm. you know you didn't really you kind of dream that they existed but on reddit they actually you actually see them and then and then it's just funny like your your girlfriend brought up she's like oh i've, se- I've seen you on reddit and stuff and i'm like wow there are uh, there are a lot of beautiful nerds out well, there. What, because here's because what has happened is when when i was growing up and i'm assuming that i'm older than you but when i was growing up and in, in the sort of the, the proto nerds, like the 70s and 80s proto nerds were very early adoptery. And so there was a very, very specific kind of person who would seek out nerd culture at the expense of any healthy social interaction with other classmates. Um, <laughs> am I becoming transparent? And so uh, but now it's so much of that culture has permeated society that there's an entire generation of people who just grew up like some jock kids are super nerdy like it just doesn't really matter anymore like there's no it's so it's so interwoven that's the way in 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 high school and middle schools anymore because that's where that's where you suffer for being someone who likes to you know essentially i don't know what it is game or be a dork whatever they call it these days uh, I, I wonder if it's as acceptable in as it, it seems to be in pop culture right now. It seems that it's cool to to like gaming and to yeah. Like, I hope not because then we're going to miss out on some really good you know music and comedy in the future. Right, they have to be persecuted. No, yeah. don't worry. Like don't, don't, kids are horrible to each other. They're just oh everyone, don't worry. Kids, oh, yeah. They yeah. Always be they're torturing things. each other. Yeah. They're torturing each other and creating factions for a whole other reasons. Oh, good, 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 yeah. Good. Yeah. It's always going to be fat kids. It's a. <laughs> Oh, buddy. What? 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 I'm not saying. What are you? Uh, So it was nice of you that uh, because we were basically just kind of, uh, you know, when we saw you at the parking lot, it was like, hey, we've never met, but hi. And you were very kind. I was so. glad you did, man. I'm, 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 I, I follow you on Twitter, and I'm excited about your uh, your rise to world domination. Well, you, uh, you're sweet. But haven't you had moments where you see someone, you're like, I really want to say hi to that person, and then you do, and it doesn't always work out great because they're just like, oh, hey, you That's know, totally happened, and to you're a like, bunch of times. oh. Uh, but actually, just on the street, um, I, I, I don't normally go up to celebrities when I when I pass them, and you know, in New York City, you pass famous people all the time, and I usually just walk on by and kind of smile to myself. Uh, we, my girlfriend and I saw Manny Patinkin uh, the other day. And oh, how do you not? That's a good New York get. <laughs> <laughs> and we're full on like Homeland uh, obsessed. And she, I was like, oh, Manny Patinkin, and she was like, we have to stop. We have to stop and say hello. And <laughs> and we did. And he could not have been cooler and more gracious. And um and, and uh, so that was that was just kind of cool. But I usually don't say hi. But I love it when when people do, especially. When it's um, someone else who 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 you know who's working. Well, know. Mandy Patinkin, especially like you would hope that like all his Letterman appearances where he would just burst onto into song yeah, he's onto got a the ridiculous stage. Ridiculous voice. You yeah. would hope that he would always be that guy and not just be like, "Hey, fucking leave me alone." Like, oh, you're he's so He's the best fun. part of uh, Run, Ronnie, Run, the Mister Show movie. Oh yeah, I never. Uh, yeah. I've never seen that, but um, you know, Enigma Montoya. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Come on, you my father. Also, the best part of Chicago Hope. Uh, also, uh, Alien Nation. Uh, Which I referenced recently, and everyone was like, "I don't know Alienation." James James Caan, Mandy Patinkin, Alienation. Yeah, Jonah would reference that, and uh, depending on the room, would get nothing or everything. And then it was also a series for a while too. The movie, the movie is fucking great. Yeah, 
James Caan is this like kind of grizzled cop, sort of racist against this alien race that has come down and become. They, they, they're cohabitating. Is Mandy an alien? He's an alien. And I'm they get drunk know. off of drinking sour they milk. They get drunk off of drinking sour milk and they're allergic to oh, salt water. I do yeah. remember this. And it's, a, it's yeah. a good, it's a fun movie and, a, and kind of a cool movie. <laughs> nice correction. It's but a good. It's <laughs> a fun point. It's a, oh, it's a romp. That was not a backpedal. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good fun movie, is what I meant to say. <laughs> good fun. It was all in good fun. Is there, is there, would you say, would you out anyone that you met that you were like, ah, oh, or do I, or do you not want to do that? Um, who, I, I can't really think of, there was no like experience where I, where I, um, I, this wasn't, he wasn't, maybe he's just a gruff dude, but I did meet David Mamet, um, once <laughs> who's writing I love. <laughs> and, um, actually, my good friend Bobby Cannavale's in the current, um, a revival of Glen Gary Glen Ross that they're doing and I went up to him and I was so nervous because I'm a fan of his writing and I I was it was just when they were going to do the last revival uh several years ago and I was racking my brain nervously for something clever to say to him and so I knew that the Alec Baldwin monologue that's in the movie you, you know this sure. famous monologue I knew that that was uh, added for the film so what I came up with was uh uh, Mr. Rabbit, I was wondering if um, that monologue that you added for Alec Baldwin for the film w will be in the revival of the play. And he looked at me as though I had, like, shat in his coffee. <laughs> like, it was the worst possible question anyone could think of. And his eyebrows sort of furrowed, and he was like, no, absolutely not. That's from the film. It was for the film. Why would I put that in the play? And I was like, I know. Why would you? That's a horrible <laughs> idea. Why would you put a monologue in a play? It seems ridiculous. And why would you put a monologue that everyone loves and talks about in the yeah. play? But, um, you know, I, I guess his point of view was that the play was sort of sacred text, and, uh, and that was a dumb idea. Or so his I, point I, of view is he's a dick. I don't know. I don't want to believe that he's a dick because I like him so much, so maybe I just caught him in a gruff mood. It's possible. <laughs> See, the one thing about being in the bubble guy is that you realize that anytime someone comes up to you, odds are it's their only encounter with you the rest of their lives, right? <laughs> exactly. So you're either going to leave them with Zach's a dick right. or, wow, what a cool guy. Right. So I really go out of my way, even if I'm having a really shitty day or something annoying has just happened to me, I really do most of the time try to go out of my way to, to be as cool as possible because you realize that person is going to quickly, with one sentence, judge you for the rest of their lives. So also remember, <laughs> if you meet Zach and he's really nice to you, he knows he's never going to see you for the rest <laughs> of your life. I mean, statistical <laughs> odds are this is our only encounter. There are a lot of people out there, but it is a small world. You never know. <laughs> see, now we have to shoot some sort of a sketch where uh, Zach's really going out of his way and the person's not sold, and so Zach's like, well, I'll come over, and then you gotta, like, <laughs> we should do I'll, a hidden camera. I'll make I'll make little frozen pops. What do you need? You're just like you just can't win the person over. People come up to you at really and weird it's David times. Mamet. I was once in the bathroom of a of, of a tiny airport, and my dog had pretty much exploded with shit all over the place in the plane. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so no. sorry for your loss. I have a, I know he lived. So, <laughs> no, I mean, his sorry. whole body didn't explode. God, yeah, because oh. that that would be bad. He um he just he didn't didn't take to the to the plane this particular ride, and um he was in one of those things you know that's he's small enough that he went under the seat. And so the whole cabin was smelling, and it was really horrible and uh, embarrassing. And I was apologizing to everyone around me. And so I get in this tiny bathroom, and it's just—it's a debacle. I have a lot of work to do to clean up him and this mess. And <laughs> and this guy comes over, and he's—he's he's like big fan, man. And, he, and he's trying to shake my hand, and I'm—I'm I'm literally not exaggerating, covered in dog shit. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, I'm, I'm thank you, but this is kind of an awkward time." And then he just doesn't like nothing's happening. He just goes into a long sort of monologue about episodes of Scrubs <laughs> <that he likes. laughs> while I'm like 
getting dog shit uh, out from underneath my fingernails. Like, episode 347. <laughs> what was the combination to the safe? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. The Scrubs heist episode. <laughs> uh, can I finish cleaning this shit off? Uh, no. Did you ever think of doing any shit hand episodes of Scrubs? Yeah. Well, this reminds me. Of a, this reminds me of nine stories that I would like to share. But I, but I find in general, and, and I assume that the same is, is true for you, but the people who follow our stuff because it's very good natured, they're generally really sweet people. And so you want to talk to them because they're not, you know, it's, I used to get, when I worked at MTV, I would get like rude people come up then would say horrible things. So it was just a, you know, it's kind of a different you know, audience. Almost every encounter I have, the person, it, it, the person is a sweet person and I'm, I'm always trying to be nice. It's just, there are times when, when they catch you a bad moment. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then that's, and then, and then they immediately rush to Twitter. Yeah. I read Zach Braff, but he was a fucking dick. Oh, no, like, there was no. a story that Donald Faison loves where, uh, some, uh, a girl was a uh, background on scrubs, uh, and, and, and he overheard her on the cell phone talking to her friend. <laughs> she was saying, just met Zach Braff. Wasn't that impressed. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and, yes. and Donald loved that story. He would tell it over and over again. Um, and I don't know what the hell I did to this, this wonderful she background. Was, or what you didn't do. She was not impressed. She was not impressed, whatever it whatever was. Whatever I mm. did, it did not impress Not me. as much it juggling was, as I'd hoped. <laughs> uh, my, favorite, my favorite one of those moments actually was something someone said to me, which is uh, I was doing a show in the early 2000s uh, called Shipmates. Hold for applause. And uh, this guy came up to me in a bar and he goes, uh, hey, I just saw your uh, new show. Not your best work. Not your best work. <laughs> I had a guy. I had a you kid, went out of your way. I had a kid at the open mic come up to me. Uh, I, I introduced him on stage. I got off stage. And then he said how uh, he's like, you know, I listen to you on the podcast all the time. And I got to say. You're not as fat as I thought you'd be. Oh, it's <laughs> sort of a compliment. I was like, thanks, I guess. Yeah. Like, you sound obese. <laughs> well, just yeah. the way you guys make me sound like no, that. No, 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 no. Just the way you talk is really just a... Close your eyes, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> when I heard you, no, you I didn't sound there. as giant as you okay, are. Okay, Zach, yeah. Zach, close your eyes. That's the opposite. That's the opposite. <laughs> Who has the fattest voice? Go. Uh, My name is Matt Myron. It's to the left. <laughs> My name is Jonah Ray. I'm against type. <laughs> are you... Uh, 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 there was a day or two after we met where uh, gone wild on Reddit. I've been on it a few times. Uh, yeah. All these girls, like all that this- went crazy. That yeah. went I just made a joke. That's the fun. That's the fun and crazy slash scary thing about the internet, right? How fast something couldn't can spread like wildfire. So face it was a day when the trolls were heavy on Facebook and uh <laughs> like a grizzled sea captain. Yeah, the, the trolls were they were out that day, my friend. They were in full force. There was a wind from the north. The trolls were, were dark and heavy on Facebook and I uh, <laughs> the snorg t-shirts girl yeah, hid her yeah. eyes. The sea was rough that day, my friend. I made some sort of a comment because, you know, one thing about Twitter, I mean, yeah, there's people who say obnoxious things on Twitter too, but it's just kind of because it's kind of like a ticker tape. It just kind of keeps going, and if it's mean or or, or obnoxious, you just never see it again. But Facebook, like, so you write a post and someone writes something mean, it just like sits there and stews. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't go away. It's like still water where mosquitoes can. So one night, somebody must have pissed me off, and I wrote something like, "Oh, if you don't, if you're not a fan of mine." Can't, this has to be something more interesting to do. I recommend the Gone Wild section of Reddit. It's glorious. <laughs> now, the next day, there were all these chicks on there like, Zach, these are for you, and like, you know, flashing their boobs. 
it was wonderful. Um, wow. And then it was gone. The they actually, day. like, Chris four, is a huge fan of Gone Wild. Four, too. 14 girls got together and spelled out your name in vaginas. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. That but that, that was, I'm just trying to put that into the world. No, it was a bizarre uh, thing to go on Gone Wild and see, like, girls um, writing Z's on their boobies. You I know, appreciated it. What's but, weird um, is that, I, that my fascination, and uh, my, I had a fascination with Gone Wild for. A, a bit, and then I just now I don't really go you to can it. Actually, anymore. believe it or not, yeah, you can get over it. I think you do. I, you're kind of like, yeah, I get it. Okay, I get it. There's uh, women flashing their boobs, but there's it's not hope. even. So just to let you guys know, there is hope. If you're listening and you're not, and you're not there yet, Chris and I have crested the mountaintop. <laughs> you can get and you will get tired of it. They've you've crested their mountaintop. <laughs> you can have completely gone wild yes. and be yeah. done. You can have gone wild. Mm. Gone. I went there, and it did. And and so I think. But Reddit's fun. I, I have to say, I have a good time on there when I do have the time to kill. Yeah. Because um, I, I think it, it's a genuine. Generally, um, I feel like I agree with the 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 bulk of the. Politics and the and the vibe of it, you know. Yeah, it's, it's um I I I think it's not as angry and hateful as other places. And I'm sure there's those experiences. Yeah, that it's not four chan or anything like that. Well, I don't. I've never gone that far. That's deep. Yeah, it's real deep. Some of the That's a scary um, place. Some of the trolls have started surfacing a little bit, and and I do I do for the most part Reddit's fun, but I do see um, redditors who've been on for a long time start to make comments like. Uh, it never used to be like this. Like if there's if there are people that are just trolling the boards because it's it's sort of fertile ground. Oh yeah. Well, I started my um, ask me anything and like I hadn't even like typed. I had like hadn't even written anything back yet, and there were like so many downvotes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, holy shit! Like you're downvoting me. I, I haven't even typed a word yet. I think, so I think there's people. I mean, there's plenty of people who like or don't like you, just like anywhere, but. But I don't know. I found the experience to be more enjoyable than like going on a message board of some place. Of course, where people are just mean for mean sake. Of course, I, I and I think for me, it's uh, um, the, the the fascination is that uh, it really is a community that you know, like this stuff. It's community driven. It's all community driven. There's no. I mean, there are there are sort of like people who. I mean, there are people who run Reddit, but for the most part. It's all community, and so and a lot of great stuff really does kind of bubble. But to it's the also service. frowned upon to make something and put it up on Reddit, right? It's like it's like frowned upon for you to put up something you've made on Reddit. No, because no? that's why I like I did that. But like memes and stuff, people it's, do that all day long. No, it's like it's like I had a video and I was like, oh, I'll put this on it's all the places okay. I could find. They I go, think fuck it's, you, asshole. Down, 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 down. You have to say, here's a video my friend made. I think it's looked <laughs> down upon it. to use it just as a promotional tool. Yeah. I think that's and I think that's why the Woody I never, Harrelson I never, thing. Blew up. I rarely put anything on my uh, on there. If I have a tweet that a lot of people thought was funny, someone else will put it up there. But I never, I never do anything. I feel like you and I are in in a very similar boat, which is the boat of like affable white guys, kind of snarky. I'm not white. I'm not white. What? Sorry. What? What I is actually American American? Oh my god! Just, um, yeah. I'm so sorry. I was born with this pigment. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I apologize. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, wait. I didn't mean that. I mean, I'm happy that no, you're... <laughs> come on. Where you're going was interesting. Why are we in common? We, we're white and Congratulations. We're, we're snarky. Yeah. No, we're you guys are in the minority of white snarky guys on the internet. <laughs> we're in the minority yeah. of white snarky and guys on the I internet. I really hope you guys find your freedom and get married one day. We're really carrying it. Yeah. We're really carrying it. No, go on. I was interested where this was going. I, well, I think it just, there are some people that are determined to hate us no matter what we do because they just... You know, like, it's like, ah, fuck that guy. He's, you know, it's like, seems like a, he's affable. Fuck him. You know, like, there's just something about the, 
hey, you know, that some people just want to go. No matter what you do, I mean, there's going to be people that that hate you. I mean, there's some of the most likable people in entertainment, you know, who are just like, you know, Ellen DeGeneres or Tina Fey. These people are like, you got to kind of work hard to be like, I hate that person. Right. But they have they have plenty of haters. You know, people just, they, that just happens. You're never going to, no one's ever going to have everyone love you. I guess that's true. Tom does. Tom's yeah. high. Although the, a lot of people like them, some Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. Although the parent, uh, there's not too many people out there like, oh fuck Tom Hanks. Fucking Tom Hanks. Yeah. You know what's really funny is that I was following when he accidentally said uh, fuck on Good Morning America. Yeah. He was just he was sort of doing he was doing this British character. He was like, oh my fucking boots, <gasps> oh my god, and he instantly felt bad. And then for like three days there were news headlines like the parents. Children's Council is furious over, but it's so embarrassing. None of it was ever directed at Tom Hanks. It was all directed at Good Morning America <laughs> for for, for I not get, having a delay. For not well, having I don't know why a, they don't a have delay. A delay. But who cares? I think that's so stupid. It yeah. is. It really is. I think other countries are laughing at us when they they go. Wait a minute. What? They're they're yeah. they're, they're making that big a deal out of it. I think yeah. It's just so, yeah. I really we, don't care if, if I mean I understand people have kids and they're getting ready in the morning, but I think your kid can handle accidentally hearing Tom Hanks say fuck in a British accent. And not yeah. and not and then, and it's and then he's not trying he's clearly not trying to challenge or stir no, anyone up. It's like, like an accident. He wasn't ripping off Janet Jackson's nipple cover. No. Yeah. Which was also an accident. A wardrobe malfunction, Chris. Oh, fuck, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't get the... the oh. least accidental accident I've ever <laughs> that seen. That really did affect um, censorship, though. For a long yeah. time. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. I mean, I was on the show at that point, and, and they, we really got, like... You couldn't show as many nipples anymore. As we, we couldn't... Actually, here's a funny thing for Scrubs fans. Um, the Todd, who was a character who was always in a, um, a banana hammock, you know, the tiny little man thong. When we were on NBC, uh, we were allowed to show him in that. I mean, it was... Pretty. I mean, it was basically just a as tiny a thing as a man can wear to hide his penis. <laughs> and we were allowed to show that on NBC. When the show moved in its final year to ABC, they made us start shooting him from the waist up. So he, we we're not allowed to show his banana oh, wow. hammock. Wow. Disney. Thanks, Janet Jackson. Yeah. You ruined everything. <laughs> but it is interesting. How, and then The Simpsons had that whole episode about, which was... I think right when The Simpsons started to get like really make strong political statements where Kent Brockman says a word like he says something on the news and then, you know, he's like, everyone knows that they the Republicans are funneling money to the FCC so they can fund their own. And you're like, whoa, what happened? So it did seem for a while like there was some kind of a crazy like witch hunt. I think po people who aren't in the entertainment business would be probably surprised to hear that that event, because it was so high profile, really did affect yeah. censorship on TV. For years. Yeah, for years. And, and and then it went after radio. It wasn't even a nice areola. I mean, at least it could have been, for all <laughs> that trouble, it could covered, have been a real, Maybe that was the problem. It was covered by that weird sun thing. The, yeah. Well, it was the sun, but it was also just, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get into the details of a her nipple, but I just didn't. If, you, if you're going to ruin censorship for a long time, have it be a nice nipple. It's funny that, that we always... We <laughs> Take what you can get. At, it's broadcast. At Zach Braff. Whenever I say stuff, it's like if I say something that sounds like a like that should have been tweeted, Chloe will just go at Nerdist. That means when you're spending too much time on Twitter is when you start going at yeah. Nerdist. At Nerdist. <laughs> After. When two sentences seems like a run on. <laughs> uh, hurry up. Hashtag dim nipples is nasty. <laughs> which would trend. That yeah, would trend. It would. It's a, it's a long hashtag, though. What are some of your... Uh, I, I've discovered a, a subreddit that I've really been enjoying lately called Old School Cool, and it's just old-timey pictures of people that where they just look fucking awesome. Just, like, kids and, like, 
little kids in suits on the hoods of cars, like in Harlem, yeah. hanging out. And you, do, you you dove deep. I, I did. I uh, I like the one. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's probably called "What the Hell Is This" or something like that. WTF? I don't know. No, not what the fuck. It's um. It's it, basically people take when they find an object or something they have no idea. Oh, what, right, right, right. What it is. They take a picture, and it's actually so cool. Two thousand and twelve. How fast you can get information. But so, you know, everything, everybody has shit around the house. You go, what is this? And people take a picture, they put it on Reddit, and they ask anyone to help them identify what it is. And, you know, instantly there's 10 answers, some of which are very wrong. But <laughs> the one that's right surfaces to the top, and it's really cool. Oh, that's awesome. And it turns out, your mom's balls. Every time. What? Every time. Wow. My mom's yeah. balls. Wow. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> are you, uh, what, is there, what do you, let's try to figure out what kind of stuff you're enjoying right now and figure out, like, where your kind of nerd brain lies. Are you, are you playing yeah. anything? Thing? Are you reading anything? Um, my nerddom is um, is not too into uh, games. I, as a kid, I was really into the Sierra games. That's mm-hmm. what would um, sure. um, Leisure Suit Larry and the Land of the Lounge Lizards is what started it all off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then Police Quest and uh, and games like that, I, I got super into those games. And um, you know, I'm not I'm not much of a, a gamer. I, last game I was addicted to was uh, was when I was doing scrubs and we would just sit for hours in the dressing room and I played Hitman a lot which I got really into but um, you're looking at me like you don't know the game Hitman no I know Hitman I was just thinking about the time when we didn't have the kinds of mobile games that we have now and you actually had to put a bird in a slingshot and aim it at a pig head (laughs) you mean the live angry birds (laughs) you guys didn't do that Chris used to torture animals back in the day oh I had a friend that Ah, never mind. So, um, but, um, <laughs> that man murdered I don't know, seventy I can count people. On, I can count on cameras a lot. I've always been sort of a a, 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 a gadget camera geek. Yeah. What, do you, what do you shoot on? Uh, like toys, willy nilly. If you're just going to go out and shoot some stuff. Um, well, I shoot a ton of uh, uh, pictures. So I, I shoot with a, a Nikon D seven hundred. It's a great camera. Which is I um, recommend that a lot. Five out of five. Uh, yeah, I did give that a five out of five. You did. I rate cameras. All right, good. Um, that's that's um, what I shoot with the most. And I have I kind of collect cameras. I have a an old Leica that I shoot with, and um, you know, lots of point and shoots. I just kind of I geek out when the new camera comes out that everyone's kind of talking about. I go and grab it. <laughs> what if I was like, I totally understand what you mean. Like sometimes I use Hipstagram uh, <laughs> or, or Hipstamatic, and other times I use Instagram, and then camera bag. Like it's so funny that all those apps now to make your pictures look kind of cool and 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 you know messed with. You know, for years. People who were into photography were doing that in Photoshop, and like yeah. it was kind of I, when when Instagram first became so popular and all those apps, I, I thought, wow, photographers must be pissed off because yeah. they've been doing this stuff like painstakingly yeah. for hours on Photoshop, and now it's like the click of a button, like make my picture look cool. Well, Done. they they yeah. just they just they probably have to make the delineation where they go, I, well, I'm a real photographer. I don't just aim my phone. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. People. And those files are are tiny, which is I guess how they get you because you can't really print most of those to look anything particularly good because they're right. like a megabyte. Yeah. Right? yeah but ultimately small. at the end of the day there is still an I- there is still a composition issue that you know, no matter what kind of hardware you have in your hand, you still have to have an eye for like what what looks nice in a frame. Yes. But I think what's interesting is you actually we're seeing in before our eyes the total um revolution or evolution of of what sharing photographs is. You know, there is no people don't really care about printing anymore. I don't yeah. know right. people that no. print their yeah. photos, and um, I don't know anyone going to like. Think the, of the last roll of film you got developed. 
Oh, I can't even like where I went to like a yeah. Fox Photo yeah. Shack. Sure. Or dropped it off at the Rite Aid, yeah. like yeah. in the yeah. thing. It's no. 2005 for me. And, and those labs are so hard to find, and and so so sharing photographs now is is over over Instagram or over the phone or emailing them to your family. Uh, it's a it's or Facebook. You know, I feel like if you went to bring a role to get developed somewhere, it'd be like that scene in Terminator Three where they unearth the a mountain place and they pull off the dust and there's this control panel. And they're like, how do we use this? No, it's actually it's it's crazy because you can still go to like Rite Aid and stuff like that, and the machine is very tiny now. Remember, it used to be like a back room where they would develop oh, yeah, everything. They had to do a dark room. Yeah, yeah, like, but now it's like this little tiny thing that they pop it into, and the pictures come out, and then they also give you a disc with all the uh, files of the pictures on it. A a CD What's crazy is buying film. I went to like even Sammy's camera. They're like, you know, the the, the, the which is a huge camera store yeah. in LA. Like the film selection every year, you just watch it get smaller, yeah. and smaller, oh, no. and smaller. <laughs> and, yeah. and of course, movies. You know, I just saw Argo, which I thought was really cool. And I almost got tears in my eyes because I could tell instantly with the grain that he had, that Ben Affleck had shot film, and you just were so used to now everything yeah. so um, uh, digital. Um, yeah. And with the red camera, I mean, I was I'm in yeah. Oz, which is the prequel to to the Wizard of Oz, and this ginormous Disney Sam Raimi movie, and it's 3D, but they're ultimate. It's the 3D is created by two different red cameras, one for the left eye, one for the right eye, and they're offset to create the look mm-hmm. of the 3D. But this is what these giant epic movies are, are shooting on these days. They're shooting on red, red 3D, which is yeah. a, which is which is that's um, crazy. Is pretty rad, and that movie looks insane. It is insane. Have you seen the completed? Uh... Nothing's completed, but I've seen because I go in to do ADR um, dialogue replacement. You see a little bits and pieces. And so I, I I'll see you, you know with the, with the way it works with an effects movie is you'll see one scene and it's like just one step above storyboards and then all of a sudden it cuts the next scene which is like fully rendered yeah. and you're like mind fucked you're like whoa that yeah. looks insane the guy who created the look of um, this amazing uh, production designer who's won two Oscars back to back for production design his name is Robert Stromberg he won for uh, Alice in Wonderland and Avatar and he's the one who created the look of Oz oh uh, wow oh, obviously with Sam so it's just uh, it's insane I can't wait for people to check yeah. it out it looks good I saw the trailer before uh, Frank and Weenie and yeah, it just, it that's looks, like a uh, teaser. And then uh, I think mid-November, there's a full like full, full trailer that's just eye candy. Delicious. Yeah, it looks it looks fun. I did, I moderated the panel for that at Comic Con, and they, they showed footage from it, and it was st- gorgeous. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it really, also neat in the teaser that they have the black and white. You know, three. Well, what's four, cool three. is it starts in in Kansas, and the way Sam designed it is, uh, you know, just like the first Oz movie. Um, but uh, but even more so on another dimension because so you start black and white and small screen and and because you can manipulate the depth of 3D um, I'm probably not supposed to be saying this but anyway the 3D itself is more shallow than when you go to Oz so not oh, only, do you, not only wow. do you, does it go beautiful color a la the original um, but also in Oz all of a sudden the 3D kicks in wow. like you can you can I didn't know until I was on this movie that you can actually adjust the depth of your 3D uh, which Pink Floyd album is going to go along with this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I just um, I'm sure plenty of people out. listening are going to try. It'd be funny if it was just the album before The Wall. That's the prequel. Yeah, I guess. yeah well done. Well done. <laughs> well done. Good job. Your yeah. audience is old enough to know all that reference. But uh, they will. They do. Yeah. Okay. yeah, some of them are. They will. They do. They, they will. They do. They will. They do. They better. When you're uh, when when you're, when you're working on a movie like that, are you? Are you trying not to dork out over Sam Raimi? Just like as as a director. Oh, I'm. Are you just that, like back all the time? Like, oh, hey, what are you doing? How that you lasted that? What you one doing? day, man. Oh, that really? lasted me trying to act cool around. You know, I've never. Most of my work has been, you know, indie films, and then uh, this, this the TV series. Um, I've never been. I've never even visited a movie on this scale. I mean, this was a ginormous movie. We we were in Detroit on like 
six down stages uh, for that they would rotate the sets, and uh, I was a pro- you know it's like a cruise ship. How does he fit the Oldsmobile in this one? Oh, the old, it's got to be in there somewhere. Oh, funny, I've heard about that. Um, but anyway, it, it was just epic. And, um, you know, as, as a film lover and a, and a movie geek, seeing all the behind the scenes of a movie of this scale and the effects and not only you know, every department, the makeup effects, but then the special, the, the visual effects. And, and they would have this special, uh, the world had been built in the 3D universe on the computer. So while you're watching the shot, if mm-hmm. it was on blue screen, you could then look at a special monitor and it and it was they were in we and the actors were in the 3D world that had already been rendered in the computer. Yeah. So it was like a whole another level of geekdom. And then they had another monitor where you could watch and actually watch it live 3D as as we were shooting. Wow. Do you want that? I mean, as a director, do you want or does that feel like too many resources, too much? Money? Like if you're used to shooting like indie and you're, I used would love to-, to do it one day. I never said. I always said to my if someone had asked me a, a couple years ago, yeah, look, I love making movies. I'd love to make you know small stories about. You know, funny relationships and and you know, like my like my film and uh, this experience made me go, uh, made me realize maybe I was intimidated by all of this and just by sitting next to Sam um, for six months and just kind of watching him do it, I kind of got wow, maybe with, with a lot of help I could I could pull this off. So I look up to Favreau as the ultimate example of this. You know, he yeah. started with with um, swingers. The swingers, right? Yeah. Which and and then look look what he's doing now. So I think he's uh, he's a great inspiration as someone who's been able to pull that off. I'd love to I'd love to make a big FX movie someday. And that was pretty quick compared to Raimi. Like Favreau went like you know the escalation of going to the big movies was a lot faster than Raimi, yeah. who was like you know like well, twenty had years. He of... made Evil Dead when he made you know at the point that Swingers happened. You know what I mean? I think it would have been just as fast though. Yeah. But but you know well John had that John Favreau had that kind of stepping stone which was that FX movie about going to. What was it? The one with Dak Shepard, um, like board game came to life. Oh, uh, uh, Zathura. Zathura. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know what the scale of that was, but it was kind of like it was uh, all effects heavy, though. Yeah, yeah, but that was like a step to, to that's true to Iron Man because I saw I, I loved Iron Man, and I'm I'm not a giant um, superhero movie guy, but I, I Iron Man for me was I was so impressed with it, and then I was yeah. so happy to know it was John Favreau because I've kind of always rooted for you. Him. Kind of, I I think I think I think what we're learning is that. A really good superhero movie needs like a guy with a good comedy gene yes. in him, you know, like between Sam Raimi and Whedon, Joss Whedon and uh, and Favreau, like guys who's you know who have kind of a comedy esque background. Yeah, and I think the world is needs to be grounded. Um, from from someone who's not a huge comic book guy, and I'm coming in to enjoy this movie. Obviously, the comic book fans they know all the backstory and they 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 can fill in the world so much for themselves. But for for the crossover to people like me. The world has to feel like it's real to me. That's where I really respond. I, I believe that the world of Iron Man is real and it yeah. exists, yeah. and I just buy it. And some of them that are that that don't feel grounded at all or any base in, in reality are, are harder for me to, to 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 buy into. The Iron Man three trailer looks fucking awesome. looks yeah. really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, it has to be. They have to, you know. I, I always think about directors like um, you know like like Raimi or like Favreau or, or any of the ones that basically ultimately sign on for a trilogy you know you are sitting with that property that that those characters for like a decade iron man 3 he's not directing iron man 3 oh no Hmm. what's crazy is you know they still (laughs) you know what's crazy is they start the scripts for them even before yeah 
you didn't you know if the movie performed or not. I mean, yeah, I was yeah. I was Chicken Little, the, the voice of yeah. Chicken Little. And uh, we did really well. I guess we didn't obviously didn't cross the threshold enough to want. No, but that was such a great movie. It was fun. I loved that movie. Yeah, it's funny, yeah my friends were writing uh, Shark's Tale too, yeah. like months and months and months before Shark Tale came. Yeah, out. because they got it. Because they got like so Chicken Little. I remember hearing like, oh yeah, they've already started working on Chicken Little too because they have to put some 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 people in a room starting yeah. because if it's a huge hit, you got to go into production right away. <laughs> yeah. So they kind of hedge their bet a little bit and get working on the sequel even before it comes out. Yeah. So what's your what's your ideal sort of work? What's your ideal work landscape? Is it to, you know, in the shorter term to do to work television stuff and then plan longer term to do films that will take a couple of years to get going? Um, I kind of I, I have my my hands everywhere. I, I, I want to I just my news, my big news that uh, just happened today was I I, um, I sold um, a half hour comedy uh, show to ABC. Holy oh, shit! Congratulations! Thank you. You it's just great. can't show a thong on a man. <laughs> I will not. I'm going to push this. Wait, but that's what it's called, <laughs> no, no, thong no, guy. No, I think actually there's new leadership, so you might be able to get a man thong in for those of you who want man thong. Hey, you know it's 2002. You want to show the guy's dick? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so dick. I don't know. I wanted the answer to your question is uh, lots of things. I love acting, so I want to continue acting. I, I want to make more films um, on the scale of Garden State that are that are small and 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 intimate, and I can can control them entirely. And then, you know, this experience acting uh, was wonderful. It made me think, wow, I'd like to make a bigger studio movie, too. So, I don't know. I'd like to do it all. I'd like to to create content, but also occasionally act. I mean, I like what Favreau's doing as, 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 a, as a jumping off guide, you know, he, although it doesn't seem like he's acting that much anymore. But being able to create your own stuff and, and then being able to go work with, with really cool directors that you look up to, you know, that, that would be the ideal for me. It is interesting that there's a that I, I think our generation of people and certainly the generation behind us, um, the younger generation, that's really sort of more than any other time people realize they can do. 10 different things if they want to like you, that you really can do a bunch of different things to sort of satisfy our sort of our short attention kind of playlist brains. Well, and also I just like, I'm so, I don't really believe there's an afterlife. If there is, I really hope I'm invited, but I, I don't count on it. <laughs> what about God? Jesus, the Bible. <laughs> well, Come on. Not, oh, Jonah's really upset now. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to bring it down. But I mean, spirituality, I have, a spirit, I, I have a spirituality. I'm, that aside, I'm saying I, I, don't, I don't count on there being this magical world where dreams come Yeah, from. I don't think anything yeah. happens. And either. so yeah. I, I, my attitude has always been like, all right, this is it. Like, I, I want to do, do it, it all. I want to, I, I got my pilot's license. Like, I like, mm. I, I was like, okay, I want to learn to fly a plane. I want to, uh, I want to go make a movie. I want to get a submarine license. I want to oh. get a submarine license. You know, I, I really, I, I really try and, you know, and it doesn't work out. Sometimes you don't, you don't succeed, but I, I really do. I am sort of hungry to like try everything. And, and I would never have jumped out of a plane. My girlfriend bullied me into tr jumping out of an airplane. Uh, I just kind of want to, you know, Take life How'd by the go? horns. That's brutal bullying. Was it fun? Um, it was fun, but I don't ever need to do it again. Right. Like it was awesome, and I'm glad I did it. But it's I checkbox. feel like done. Checkbox. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. Uh, you don't have to jump from uh, from the outer atmosphere. Did you watch the Felix Baumgartner uh, jump? I saw the highlight reel. I'll <sighs> do that for the Nerdist channel if we can get me up there. Would you really? Sure. Oh my god. Can we have a Monster Energy sure, drink? Yeah. Uh, can they sponsor it? Uh, Monster killed five people. Can we get this Sparks? Week, so I'm going to go with the. Uh... Four Loco. Okay. Four Loco. <laughs> yeah. Sponsored by Four, Four Loco. Loco. Yeah, and good. Matt just can't contain himself. Okay, we're going to jump in. Like, yeah. just right before the count. He just jumps <laughs> out of the capsule. There was the moment of. There was that kind of sick, like. What in the shoot doesn't open? Yeah, what I think that's around? why everyone was watching. It was NASCAR for nerds. It really it was. was. Just like, oh it's like, where is this? I'm so glad that his shoot opened. 
That would have been it was that, an exciting moment. You know, the shoe didn't speaking, open you know, and he survived. I think that the the space programs, not that I know that's separate. That wasn't the space program, but I think there's been some with the Mars landing, and there's been some exciting space stuff and then there hasn't been in a long time it is going the direction of the red bull space program actually like this is privately funded yeah but i mean at least it's happening i'm glad it's happening i'm glad that the people the idea of giving up on on exploring space is sad to me are you a going to space guy if you had the opportunity to go into space would you go yeah i just told you i want to grab life by the horns so yeah i mean (laughs) if it was i don't want to like go in a balloon but you know if it was uh (laughs) If it was, if yes, I was you sitting do. next Oz, to what's that, what's that Virgin guy, Richard Branson? <laughs> Richard Branson. Yeah, if it was, if I was sitting next to Branson, yeah, I, I would do it. Uh, there was, but the, isn't it like twelve million dollars to go? It's more than that. And, no. and yes, I'm well, uh, you about mean, on Virgin Galactic. Oh, on Virgin Galactic. I thought you meant no, because I think well, I think space really. Sarah Brightman. Yeah, Sarah Brightman's here. going into space. Oh, good for her. But she's got that money from what's his name, Andrew Lloyd Webber. She well, and she also has some sort of a publishing something or other. But she's. Because when I first heard, like, Sarah Brightman's, Sarah Brightman's going into space. Like, well, it sounded like an onion. We're money. J.K. Rowling can buy space now. J- yes, she can. I wish J.K. Rowling would buy space and then just <laughs> let us all visit it. Yeah. We can oh. all play Quidditch up there. <laughs> oh, my wait, God. Space Quidditch. Quidditch. Do you know there's, a like, a down the street from you, yeah, a Harry, Harry Potter, Potter store? store. Yeah. Oh, I'm aware. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, Mystic Alley? Or? Mystic Alley. I wandered Mystic in there because in the window, I was like, there's no way this whole store is all Harry Potter. Sure and I is. walked in, and I was like, yes, I it thought is. It, was yeah. a, it, 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 it opened around one of the times of, I think it opened around Deathly Hallows or... Yeah, and what's great is they do Harry Potter's birthday every year. You go Isn't in that there, great yeah, though? But it was really, it was really shabby in the beginning. I, I remember in the like, beginning, it was just like cardboard. I thought it was just a pop tables. up shop no. that was only for the premiere of the movie. By the way, much better than that. In New York, they have. Um, I know what you're gonna. I what's know. The movie? The Big store? Lebowski. They have the Big Lebowski uh, store in yeah. in in in, uh, in West Village. Do you know the story about that? The, the, the Big Lebowski store. No, but all I know is the guy who runs it wears a robe around the store. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hope so. If anything, at least. There was a yeah. There was a store that was going under, and so they just happened to put up a, a big Lebowski T-shirt in the window, and it sold, and they got more, and it those sold, and it was just like it was. They really just stumbled upon this stealing the intellectual property I, of the. I'd much rather go to the Big Lebowski store than the than the Harry Potter store. Why, yeah. why can't we have both? Why can't we have Big Lebowski? Great if they shared a, a space. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, and, and your parents can go yeah. over to yeah, the. You go can that you, side. Can you guys stop bowling so we can play Quidditch? <laughs> that magical carpet tied the whole room together, did it not? Oh, I just want—I just, I just want to see the Big Lebowski Quidditch, and the and then uh, John Turturro hops off the broom and says, "Jesus will fuck you!" Like right yeah. to Draco Malfoy. I'd rather have smug John Goodman face. jump off the broom and say, "Take the hill." Oh, that's a good idea. That's or John Goodman, idea. or John Goodman, bring out a hippogriff, and then they have to. Stay out of Hogwarts, Lebowski. <laughs> Stay out of Hogwarts, shithead. And then Tara Reed's just wandering around the yeah. Hogwarts property for some reason. They're making a sequel. Tara Reed was on um, Scrubs. I, I've, I've performed with her. You have? Yes. Oh, Actually, right. she's seen my penis. It's a funny story. I had to do this in the show. I'm kind of doing this naked dance for her. But I put a sock on my junk because, you know... I wasn't really supposed to be showing her my junk. Black sock. But I got so into the darn naked dance that the sock <laughs> leaped off. That's commitment. <laughs> leaped. And she screamed. I remember she screamed. Oh, that's no good for the self-esteem, is it? I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I gotta remember this moment because it's just so bizarre <laughs> that here I am acting like I'm naked in front of Terry. She actually saw my peep. Did you go to cover screamed. it up or do you just go, you know what, at this point? I was like, it's Terry. She's seen a couple peeps. <laughs> Wild on with Terry. Reed. Remember that program? What? Wild on. Oh my on God, e. did she host Wild on yeah. for a while? Yeah, she, she hosted yeah, yeah. 
Oh, shit. Too wild for Wild on. And then they right. kicked her. Oh my god! What happened to that show? I mean, thank God it's gone. But what happened to it? I don't know. I I think it was. I think it was replaced by the Kardashians. Actually, I think I think all of those Wild On specials were replaced by some type of Kardashian reality the show audience, or another. The audience for uh, those shows went into the Kardashian audience. Yeah, there are only so many. Like <laughs> the, the, the fact that the fact that Wild On lasted as many years as it did. Like, how many times can they be like? And at nighttime in Ibiza, everything gets crazy. Like, how many of those episodes can they fucking do? Well, a lot it's like apparently. cops. You yeah. can do that all the time. How yeah. many times can they send Jules Asner into a bar wearing a sarong? I can't believe Not Cops enough. is still on. Cops, cops is, is like, yeah. amazing. And it still looks like it's from when it was, you know, starting in the early 90s. I feel like it, you're just seeing reruns. When I was, no, when no, I, no. I think I it's did, just... When I did Garden State, I had to, um, you know, we had you have to test the movie to see how people, how it's doing. And, uh... They make him fill out all these cards. You know, you guys know this. And um, so I, I saved some of the ones that were just ripped to shreds. <laughs> and one of the guy was like, he hated the movie so much. He just fucking hated it. And uh, and, um, and and on the back it said, what does this movie remind you of? And he, and it, he wrote, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which I hated. <laughs> <laughs> and then it said, favorite TV show. And he wrote, Cops. And I was like, okay, well, maybe you're not the target demo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that That's all right. Like when you, I find if I get trolled online and then I look at the person's profile yeah. and they're just following like UFC people and energy drinks, yeah. Yeah. then I'm like, you know, maybe not my audience. Yeah, or 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 for me because I I'm, I'm I tweet politics, which is just insane. It's like you might as well go into uh, like the batting cages <laughs> yeah. with like no bat with no bat yeah. and, and your balls out yeah. Yeah. for Tara Reid. So, so people write like, you know, horrible things and then you sometimes it's so horrible you're just kind of curious like who is this person? <laughs> and then yeah, you see they're like, you know, Dan Coulter's their hero and, and all, you know, they 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 uh, they have like three followers. And well, I almost know. blocked a kid the other day but then I saw he had zero followers and I felt bad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's sweet. That's how like, they get you. You know what? All right. You see those people who had someone, someone have a contest with like um, um, followers compared to how many times you've tweeted. I, I remember hearing some oh, kind of yeah. and people had like tens of thousands of tweets and no followers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's hard. Throwing bricks into the wind. <laughs> <laughs> just getting it out there. Yeah. Just getting it out there. But you really have to be careful who you engage because I. Yeah. You, oh, I do. Yeah. I made the mistake of engaging, and you just and actually, actually, you can screw people because they just meant to be just be mean to you. Yeah. And that's fine. But if you retweet it, then your fans just yeah. they want. It's like they want to attack this person, yeah. like they've hurt their parents. And then yeah. you become a bully. And then yeah. you're a bully because they're saying they're saying such mean things to the person. You're like, all right, everyone, calm down. I mean, she she can say mean shit to me, but don't go attacking her. <laughs> it's kind of like so that. I don't even I don't even engage anymore because if you do. Then you're like hardcore fan base, just like they yeah. gang up and yeah. like, it's best to just write it out and then delete it. Write it out, just you get it out of your system, and then like you say what you wanted. You know that you can get this guy. You know yeah. you can destroy him. I just don't engage. I, I, I unless I'm unless they caught me in a bad mood, I don't. I, I try not to engage. Well, yeah. you, because you don't, you also don't know, and so I think you know. What if I try to publicly humiliate someone who's made me feel bad, but I'm assuming that they're a mentally stable person. Right. And then I'm doing a live show somewhere, and I just see like a mini crossbow, like fwink, and then you know, <laughs> you, you were mean to me on Twitter, you know. Well, yeah, that's scary. You gotta be careful. It's kind of like that uh, that that video of there's that little skinny kid trying to start a fight with that fat kid, yeah. and then like the fat kid just picks him up and drops him yeah. and like snaps the kid's leg. 
like, like too much, too much. <laughs> well, so much. Well, well, then you got a feeling that that fat kid had a lot of anger and it, hostility yeah, built it up. All, and it all and went, it all to, went that into kid. that one kid. Yeah. Years of being teased, he was like, enough. He yeah. turned into the Hulk. He was like a mini Hulk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Hulk that only gets slightly bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's already big. Yeah. He, he increases his yeah. waistline Don't by a half an inch. Don't You want to like me when I'm slightly more angry. Oh, you're just a green, but you're still you. <laughs> I love that concept of superheroes. I know, like Ben Stiller made that movie, um, Mystery Men. Yeah, but I never see. I have actually haven't seen the film, but I love the idea of superheroes. But their powers are like mediocre. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. There's a great. There's a great British show called Misfits, and and it's uh it's uh it's uh, these basically these kids who are in. I mean, like you know, teenagers who are in some sort of a detention program, and there's some sort of a weird event that happens, and they all get. Just weird powers. Yeah. Just really bizarre, like, you know, in effect, like, one guy can go back in time a little bit. Yeah. You know, uh, and then it's... Uh, I it's, remember, well, I had a friend in high, in college who always used to, like, we used to riff on this and, and make each other laugh. And he was like, there's, it's a guy who can fly, but he can only fly slowly and a couple inches off the ground. <laughs> so he's like, coming through, everybody. Coming through. <laughs> Who's that tall man? Oh. <laughs> Just, and I, he, remember, I remember, because I actually read the script for... Uh, for um, Ben Stiller's movie, and I remember one of the characters was uh, he's invisible, but only when no one's looking. <laughs> yeah, I believe that was Cisco. Was it, who played that guy? No, it no wasn't. that was that was another was it Paul guy. Oh, come mm-hmm. on, yeah, it was Cal Mitchell from Kenny and Kel. That's right, nice yeah. Paul. Wow. Yeah, Ben was Mr. Furious. He just got really angry, and then Janine was the bowler. Yeah, Bill Macy Hank, was the the shoveler. Yeah, and then Hank Azaria was uh, a what? The Blue Raja. And then, yeah. uh, Paul Rubens good. was the... Something the, tells me so. hanging out with you guys, uh, you guys can, the, the four of you could pull together like any title pretty darn quickly. We actually <sighs> have written IMDb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are IMDb. Welcome to it. <laughs> you guys are IMDb. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like some computer drives no, or anything. No, no, it's no, you no. guys. No, 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 no. Nah, exactly. When there's an argument in a bar about who was in which we movie, show we show up and go, hey, it's actually, you know... And then, we, then, we, then we just get drunk people to name two people and we tell them what movies those people yeah. are in together. And then we go four and a half out of ten stars. That's that's the other thing we drop the microphones we brought in and walk away. Bam! Yeah, there's a lot of useless knowledge, but I fear that a lot of it goes up to a certain point. There's so much new stuff happening now, and sometimes I really we talked a little bit this before the podcast. I really do feel crushed by the weight of how much stuff is being produced that there is to consume. I know, and don't you feel like you hear everyone start talking about one thing and you're like, that sounds cool, but I have no room for that in my life. Where's that going to go between wasting time on the internet and Homeland and uh, the (laughs) Daily Show and the the reading I have to do? That's why short-run shows is always like, that's what I love about the the British style of TV, is that like it's like six episodes a series, you know, you just kind of, you can get it done with. Sucks if you're a British actor. Yeah, yeah, sure. I always thought that was weird. I, that is the British way. They like they do like a series of six. And, I mean, a, 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 um, a year of six, and then they do... Uh, but the thing that they do explore more that we don't is that they will take a character like Alan Partridge and explore a later series from a different point in his life or, yeah. a, or a continuation cool. or a sequel series. Now there's going to be a movie. No, there's an Alan Partridge movie. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking and, crazy. And, um, yeah, my, my, uh, my friend Eve Miles uh, is on um, a show that was a spinoff of Doctor Who. Uh, Torchwood? Torchwood, sorry. Mm-hmm. 
You were like, how dare you, uh, sir? Torchwood? <laughs> Torchwood? Do you, Torchwood? Do you like is, Torchwood? Torchwood's an anagram of Doctor Who. <laughs> do you like Torchwood? Uh, yeah, I do. I liked Children of Earth. Uh, I really like Torchwood a lot. And and John Barrowman, who is uh, Jack Harkness, has been on the podcast a bunch, and he's fucking awesome. So, yeah, yeah I, I am a Torchwood fan. Well, Eve was, I did a play um, in London, and she was my leading lady, and she was uh, incredible. How was that? How was the play in London? It was cool, man. I, you know, I, I wrote this play, and we did it off Broadway, and it was an amazing experience. Um, Kristen Ritter and... Um, Justin Bartha and a great actor named um, David Wilson Barnes were my 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 cast. And sorry, and Anna Camp, the sexy, beautiful Anna Camp. And then um, I thought it was it. It was kind of a great life experience. I thought period at the end of the sentence. And then London literally came calling and said, "Do you want to do it at this gorgeous theater in the middle of the West End?" And I said yes. And this time I want to play the lead. So I went and did it for for four months there. It was incredible. It was one of the best, most fun. Did you come up in theater? I did. Um, my dad loved theater. Um, we saw everything in New York. We did community theater. I went to theater camp. Talk about geeked out. I mean, I, I know. I don't know if. Uh, I, I know that not, that's a di- this show is a different type of geeking out, but I was, no. I think we have a lot of theater nerds who listen to this. I was yeah. a huge theater nerd, and, um, and and also into the tech. You know, when I was a kid, um, you know, back in the days, if you guys remember lighting boards, now they're just computers like everything else. But there used to be those ju- in your high school, they had those yeah. giant handles and everything. And I just thought as a kid that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. That you you know this giant panel of gadgets and, and levers, and so I got into the tech theater side of things first. And then, um, and then, yeah, grew up loving theater and going to theater. So this was a dream come true. Are you mind. not? Uh, did you, so you didn't star in the the off Broadway version of your. Play. I didn't because it was so. Everyone told me, you know, when you're when you when you write or direct something that you're in and it's film, you can look at playback and go, okay, I suck, or I got to do it again. <laughs> but theater, you know, there's no playback, obviously. So everyone said, launching a play, you're going to be rewriting nonstop. You're going to be tweaking the jokes. You need to sit in the back, look at the proscenium, and just be the writer and so I took that advice and I think it was good advice uh, Justin Bartha was great in, in the part and um, but I think after the New York run we had gotten it to a place where it was pretty tight and I knew what was working I, I obviously didn't know if it would translate well to, to London but uh, I, I had a sense of what was working and I decided I'd go for it in London were there things that you saw I mean obviously as this sort of creator of this 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 uni- this little universe were there things that uh, that the actors brought that you were like, oh, fuck, I didn't see that. Like, did, did they teach you stuff about your own work? Oh, of course. And, you know, Justin and I would, would butt heads a bunch um, because, uh, you know, we're both strong-willed, opinionated people. And then there were times when when I was doing the part where I would be, I would all of a sudden have this flashback to him just strongly defending why it should be X. And, and I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, the fucker was right. It totally should be that. I see it now. Well, you can't, sometimes you just can't see it until you're in the role and you go, yes, it makes absolutely no sense for me to say that now. So there were plenty of things that all the actors brought. Um, they were all super talented and, and they all brought to the play. You know, I, and Bill Lawrence, who created Scrubs, is the ultimate example of this. He's so open to collaborating with everyone and Sam Raimi, too. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it becomes the most successful people I've worked with are people that go, all right. I'm, you know, I'm the conductor. I'm going to decide ultimately where we're going to go with this. But please, I hired all of these amazingly talented people. Tell me what your thought is. If if you're an actor and that line feels weird, tell me. If you if you have an idea for a cool shot, tell me. You know, and 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 except I for think, David Mamet. <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I know there's plenty of people out there that are the whole opposite of that, but the things I've been involved with that have been the most successful in my career have been with people like that. Who it's are, just more fun that way because it, it's like the, the, like when you go on to a project and, uh, 
there aren't any egos in terms of like where the jokes come from and the general consensus is it doesn't matter who writes what. Let's just get the funniest jokes in yeah. there. And that's where the best stuff comes from. Because sometimes, you know, you, you do get people that are like, oh, let's just do this as written. You're like, I know, but if we riff, I've been in that position the- and it's horrible. And what was so great about Bill Lawrence is that he would say, all right, my rule is we get it as one time. Once we get it as written and we do it really well as written time permitting you guys can fuck around Mm -hmm. and and he was so open letting me and donald and neil flynn and neil flynn who's an improv genius a fucking mastermind yeah i mean there were times we'd get a script uh neil flynn for those you don't know plays the janitor there were times we'd get a script and we'd just say in parentheses like and then neil makes up something funny (laughs) (laughs) um i mean that's totally trusting your your actors did you ever see him at uh it's at the uh at io the io like the beer shark mice or any of his improv shows once i've seen uh him do it but uh he's immensely talented funny guy i i love like the middle too i don't know if anyone's watching the middle but i think uh it's 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 funny oh i've heard about it but i haven't seen it yet did you was it you that saw it no i've seen it you you saw it yeah I mean, it's family. It's you know, it's it's. So you it's, think ABC is doing a good job with their half hour comedy now? Well, they are, right? Yeah, I mean, right? Modern Family. There aren't there aren't. Well, yeah, because you're saying <laughs> they're not, no, but I mean, Modern Family is a hit like no one has anymore. Yep. I mean, yeah. TV shows don't have hits like Modern Family currently is right now. <laughs> Scrubs might have just gotten in under the wire. Into- we did, but by the way, about Scrubs, we we were never a giant hit. I mean, we had we always had enough a hardcore fan base, and no matter where they put us, you know, they moved our time slots so many times. But no matter where they put us, that same core of people was always there. And we could have the biggest star cameo, and it would be the same group of people. And they could move <laughs> us to Saturday morning after cartoons, and it would be the same audience. They, just, <laughs> they were just so loyal. And, but it was, never a, it was never something that was going to make us you know, modern family or friends or anything on that level. I don't know, though. I, I, I think in the long term, when people think about like, shows that they loved, like Scrubs is definitely a show that people look back on and put is like, oh, yeah, my favorite shows are this, this, grab yeah. this. It's you crazy, know. too. Internationally, I had no idea, really, until I left the country. Um, it, it's it's huge overseas. I mean, particularly in, in the UK and, um, you know, Australia. And, and, and uh, I mean, there's so many places I've gone where, where it's surprising how popular the show is there. It's one of, like... Five or six shows that I own all of them on DVD. Oh, like I cool. really like Scrubs. Thanks, it was man. great. Well, because it's you know some shows can be, some shows can just be purely mechanical and well written, but then other shows, you really there is an inexplicable thing when a group of people click together, and they just the fucking rhythms just yeah. sync. It really is. I think the, for me in writing, one of the things that Bill Lawrence and his writers were so great at is comedies that don't have any grounding, a foundation of of reality and and heart and they they kind of feel like farce they aren't they don't have a they don't have a they aren't based in a reality and you don't you don't latch on to them as much you know scrubs as crazy as the fantasies would be the show was really grounded and in fact the medical community will ask anyone they'll say it bizarrely it's the most medically accurate show <laughs> um so it's not so, children's hospital <laughs> so bill lined it up so it was like everything was real like the all the medicine stuff was totally real you know, you could totally have those emotional moments. And then on top of that, he would build all the comedy. But I think that's one of the things that those shows that do that, I think, make the, you know, are, are, are lasting. They stay with you. So are you, so this ABC show, are you going to write and direct? Or are you going to be in it? Uh, I'll probably do like a fun recurring role, but um, I'm going to create it and write the pilot and direct, um, the you know, direct as many as, you know, this stage is they bought the show and now yeah. I got to get it on the air and, and that's the next hurdle. But um, if it, if it goes to series, yeah, I would I would stay on as a as a writer and and uh, and direct them all and and uh, and do fun cameos. And one camera, yeah, single camera, 
And like Scrubs, I think the camera will be a whole character in, in it because I like I like that vibe that, that that it's. I don't like those shows that are just where cinematography isn't a character. I really like that yeah. aspect of it too because I again going back to I'm a camera geek, so I I like having that be a character as well. It's for so and music too. I should say because the, the show is about a rock club. Um, um, it takes place in a, in a rock venue in L.A. So you know I had success with the Garden State soundtrack and and putting my two cents in on the music of Scrubs um, with Bill and his wife, Krista, who's really involved. Um, so I wanted to find a way to incorporate this musical element that people seem to respond to into a show, too. That Garden State soundtrack, I was working at a record store in Venice Beach uh, when that came out, and it was insane like how much it influenced so many people. It's crazy. You know, it was just a mixed CD of... of uh, I have a lot of musician friends, and, and it was kind of like the music me and all my friends were listening to, and, and people would suggest songs to me, and, you know... I never, we never thought it would, you know, it won a Grammy and it went platinum and it became this f cultural phenomenon, but yeah. ultimately it was, it was a mixtape. It was neat because like, you know, people would come and buy the soundtrack, but then they would come back like a, a week later and buy, you know, a Shins record or mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. And just like, and, and, then, and then they would keep on kind of going was that, past that. Was that Shoots Too Narrow? Was that around Shoots Too Narrow? Shoots Too Narrow was already out. Right, it was, uh, or was it the EP that was already out by then? I, I should know that trivia, but I don't know. Yeah, it, so, it, it was like it felt like around the same time. But I love and when stuff pops started getting rubbed, yeah. you know, I yeah. love that you could. One of the things I love if you if you've had success is to be able to then help other artists get success. I mean, sure. obviously yeah. you're doing this for people, I'm sure. Um, and in and and Scrubs, we would put a show on the we would put a song on the air of an unknown artist, and all of a sudden they'd be touring. Yeah. You know, and that's just a cool position to be in to say to be able to say, hey, if you like the shins, you'll really love this cool band that no one's ever heard of. Check them out. And I I, I love the idea of being able to, to, to help artists get discovered because it's so hard these days to get discovered as an, as particularly as a musician. I think Malcolm Gladwell would call that a maven. Because hey. you like to show people, like, hey, here's a cool thing that I know about, and I really want you to know well, about we've it. We've all had that experience. I mean, even people listening, I, I'm sure everyone's had the experience where you go, oh my god, I can't believe no one knows about this band. How right. can no one know about this band? They're they're amazing, and I know if, if they just got the radio play, if they just got out there somehow. Fuck, especially now, it really feels like you're uncovering treasure if everyone hasn't heard about a thing by the time yeah. you hear about yeah. it. Like, how could no one have... Because there's so much stimuli it's coming always at you, right? nonstop. And my friend says uh, TV is the new radio because you just can't... You know, the way a lot of musicians are getting discovered is being on the soundtracks to, to shows and movies because the, the radio play, unless you're a big pop act, you're not going to get any, any meaningful radio play Yeah. Um, in, in terms of getting discovered. And music videos, people... I mean... That's dead. That except for a bit, you know, YouTube, YouTube's YouTube has really taken over where MTV just left but off. They go, the kids go, the kids, they go there to, to get the song for free. They just they play. Yeah. I don't, my nephew plays songs off YouTube. Yeah, there's even like a program where you can just rip YouTube straight into your iTunes and you can just <laughs> have those. Yeah, kids, someone, don't do that. Someone yeah. sent me an email, they're like, Hey, you know, someone's uploading your podcast to YouTube. Do you want to try it? And I'm like, who gives a shit? You yeah. know, like, I don't know. Yeah, someone put my, my last record. Someone put a, every track on it as a YouTube clip. <laughs> I was like, I'm, and you know what? I'm fine they, with it. Did they even put like the they album, put the album artwork on there and they have like a link to where you could buy it. Oh, but I don't, cool. I don't give a shit. Like I found it on a pirated site and I was just like, that's fucking rad. Yeah. It's like, well, with certain things, I think if you're, 
if it if it depends on the content, I think. If it's gonna if it's gonna undercut, like you know, if it's more, yeah, I if think. You've been working on it for two three years, and it's gonna undercut anyone paying for it. I think it's pretty horrible. That is that is horrible. But putting out an album now is just a thing to get you out on the road and to sell merch and you know try and, and yeah. fill up clubs. It really yeah. it really is. It's definitely not cool if it's like you know a guy is like this is my chance and then makes zero dollars because everyone <laughs> ripped the thing up oh, and then he's got, and then he can't continue to do music anymore. Listen, guys, I think we know teenagers really can't rip that well because Taylor Swift just sold a million records. That's true. Yeah. Did she really? And it a just million came out? records. And that's one insane. week. Yeah, but I think that the teenagers are like, I, they want to, uh, they want to. Yeah, they want to have the Actually, pictures. No, they, they're probably not buying the She wears jean yeah. shorts. I wear skirts and she wears. That's my only Taylor Swift song that I know. But she really writes it, right? Yeah, she, she does. does. Yeah. I, I'm not, not going to make fun of the girl catchy. because. Is it catchy? I, the new song of hers is very catchy. I am very impressed with the, the pop star writing her own music. I think that's mm-hmm. really. I'm bad. very, no, I'm, I'm impressed with her process. I'm She's making fun of teenagers. But he's getting nice. How old is she? She's like 11. 21. <laughs> okay. Two? Legal. Okay. It's okay now. It's okay now. <laughs> okay, now she's hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me retroactively think I about her. Mm, yeah. Think about this. <laughs> she is. <laughs> I'll think about her for the last two years, and then it'll be okay. Yeah, as long as you don't that. think about her. <laughs> so what? So you is this going to be your next like parcel of time is devoted to the ABC pilot? Um. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I have a lot of, couple other things, um, de- I'm developing, but this, this one, I have a film that, uh, James Franco's attached to be in that, um, I'm, I'm hoping to make cause uh, we became really good buddies on Oz and I have this little Lindy that I'm, I'm hoping to make with him. Um, but, uh, yeah, in terms of what's most real, yeah, I now have to go in, now I have to go sit down in the chair and write a pilot between now and, uh, Do you like that process? Um, it depends. Sometimes I find writing uh, procrastinates so magnificently. I, I just I hate it. But then there's days when you write something good and you get kind of reinvigorated and excited. This is cool because it's 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 uh, um, I think a really fun assignment. I like the world that I've that I've created, and now it's about going in there and finding you know writing the funniest stuff and 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 creating a new world, but only in thirty six pages or whatever a pilot is it's insane how quick it goes yeah so um, i think it'll be a lot of fun i'm excited about it are you are you going to and then and then and then oz you know is ramping up we'll we'll be doing start doing press for oz comes out march uh 8th right march 8th and um so we'll start doing uh more and more for that to ramp up i hope we're going to go around the, the universe oh that's cool that's going to be cool i'm i'm super excited about that movie you're going to do any yeah. press in a balloon I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if Disney had us going around. <laughs> but uh, I really think um, you guys will dig it. It's it's uh, it's it's gorgeous and it's cool and it's inventive and and, and Sam, Sam Raimi. And yeah, it's, Sam Raimi. It's Sam Raimi. I mean, come on. Yeah. I even liked his baseball movie. What we just watched um, another one. Um, what was the one we watched? Sam Raimi movie we watched the other night. Oh, we watched The Gift the other night. Oh, the you know gi- what the gift is? Was Katie the gift Holmes's and, boobies? And Craig Kinnear was in that too, right? <laughs> At the end of the movie, the reveal is that the gift is Katie Holmes's boobies. Now I'm not. <laughs> and? Two gifts. It was her gift to the internet. And then she, that's when Katie Holmes put her pictures on Gone Wild. Which is, no, no. But, um, oh, well, maybe. But um, I, I do have to say, and I apologize for sounding like a, a disgusting and drooling male, but her her boobs in that movie were spectacular, like yeah. shocking. Yes, they, it was only a shame they didn't have more scenes. <laughs> did, they, did they get their own title card? They should have been. They should have gotten above line. They should have been the poster. Yeah, 
Like in addition it to made more no, money. it's actually a, um, joking about Katie Holmes's boobs aside, comma. Um, <laughs> Are we joking? <laughs> we're praising actually. Um, no, it's actually a cool. It's a cool Sam Raimi movie. He has a really cool way of adding a little bit of of that. Um, Sci-fi, or I don't know what you call it, horror. I don't know. That's the Cape Blanchett into everything. Cape Blanchett's in that, right? Yeah. And she's a psychic. Yeah. Or, right. Right. That was a, that was a fun movie. And Greg Kinnear is in it. And uh, we, we we mentioned the cast earlier. It's it's good. Sam Sam is one of those guys that he it's he really does pop around a lot of genres, but you always still feel a sense of 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 him. That's a yeah. good way to put it. I love those filmmakers where you where you clearly go, okay, I don't know. No matter what the genre, you go. That's a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. I like that. And he couldn't be a nicer guy and wears a suit, like old school, like yeah. old school filmmaker yeah. suit with tie not all the way up until rap. Like doesn't it doesn't matter if it's like you're there at three in the morning, he's got his suit on. Him and Chris Nolan both do that. Yeah, oh, like really? That. It's like a yeah. shout out to the old directors of yesteryear who yeah. oh, it's funny, my uh, our buddy uh, Jason Walliner, uh, when he was directing uh, the uh, Human Giant series on uh, MTV, he was twenty five and he was like he started reading about like Raimi and those guys wearing suits. He's like, "Fuck, no one's gonna take me seriously if I'm just this 25 year old kid wearing a T-shirt." So he started wearing suits every time he was directing, and now he just that's what he does now. That's funny. And he says like people like started treating him differently. They're I like, thought oh, about well, it. the director's well, here. Watching Sam, and I'm like, you know, fanboy geeking about Sam. I, I was I was kind of like, yeah, my next movie, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do it too. And then I'm and then I'm thinking like, no, I'm not. Two days. In. Like, oh, this is a pain. It's I got a man's respect. This. Yeah, it does. You got the pants that I, go out like on the sides. Is, what I like about it is it's sort of like a respect for the art. It's kind of like looking back at the people that came before him and being like, this is like, this is my job and I respect this so much and it's so classy. I'm going to dress up for it. That is a nice way to, that, but I, I, I really would after a couple of days, I'd be like, I no, no, I couldn't no. believe, you know, it, it's three in the morning, Sam, you know, undo the knot <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I saw, I was once walking just by the half Windsor that day. <laughs> it's like, it's going to be, tough. I was walking by, uh, um, uh, how come I'm forgetting his name? Uh, Tony Danza? No, Mulholland Drive, Eraserhead. Oh, uh, David Lynch? David Lynch. I was uh, walking uh, down the street and he was shooting uh, one of his movies. And uh, I just, it was like three in the morning. I was leaving a bar after hours and I just see him like on a, on a bench, a bus stop bench, just in like it's immaculate suit, smoking a cigarette. I was like, "That's a fucking badass motherfucker right there." Yeah, three yeah. in the morning, shooting a movie, and he's just in a great suit. Yeah, on a, on a bench. Yeah, That's the way to do it. You really have to condition yourself to want to live in a suit. Like, when I see when I see old pictures of like people working on railroads in suits, and I'm like, you know, or just like where right, everyone that just never happened. Well, okay, but anyway, just the, the <laughs> idea of railroads. But it is the coolest. Yeah. The twenties and the thirties where everyone's yeah, just wearing planes yeah. and stuff. Fucking when you like, see the unemployment line. Everyone's in a fucking yeah. three piece suit. Yeah. yeah, and and everything just looks like it was made out of a potato sack. <laughs> everyone's miserable. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm I think sold. We saw different pictures. What? I didn't see any potato sack people. Yeah. No, no, no. But like that thick, that thick material that wool? all the suits were made out wool? of, or a, th a thicker weave. It could have been wool. Thick mystery material. <laughs> wool. Listen, I don't know what kind of alternative <laughs> space, ancient reality you lived in, but it was the one that I saw was potato sacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's just at the point of the argument where you're like, you know what? I'm going to stick with it, and no. sooner or later, it's going to be true. Uh, before Zach runs away, I want to ask him what was your favorite episode of Scrubs. My favorite one is oh, the first one I directed because Bill Lawrence is sort of a, a very competitive guy. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the, the first one he let me direct, he was like, yeah, yeah, you can direct. And he wrote the most epic episode <laughs> of Scrubs. <laughs> I mean, we, shoot, we shot in five days. So the idea, when we got the, everyone got the script, they were like, this is Scrubs the movie. This isn't, no one can shoot this in five days. And it was the episode where uh, Donald and I go on a quest 
to uh, track down Heather Graham's character to give her the note um, from Sarah Chalk's character that I have permission to sleep with her. Yes. And it was this epic a quest. I mean, and the janitor locks me up and throws me in the middle of a field, and there was uh, it was a whole sub uh, um, side story with with Johnny C had to go do an ambulance uh, training. He had to go ride with uh, an ambulance, and um, I, I, it, 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 at, the, at the climax of it, I'm rappelling across a city street, uh, and I land in this giant pile of garbage. And Heather Graham's character turns around, and I stand up. I've got like banana peels in my hair, and I go, "Molly, <laughs> what are you doing here?" And um, you know, we had so there were so many great ones. Um, obviously, the musical and the Wizard of Oz one, which yeah. I directed too, uh, coincidentally. Um, but uh, love I think, the use of Toto in that. One. I think that one would be my favorite because uh, because it was the first time I got to direct, and and I pulled it off. I I, yeah. I, I, I accomplished the impossible, which was which was. Directing this epic episode. Did that change your... You you ask yours. No, you go. No, you go. Was there a part of you that was a little sad when they tore the hospital down? Yeah. For those of you who don't know, they they tore down the actual hospital where we shot for eight and a half years, or eight years. Was that like off uh, off the 101? Riverside and Whitsitt. Yes. If any of you want to go stare at an an open field, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they're going to turn it into a strip mall sooner rather than later. Did, uh, Did directing... Change the way you approach acting. Um, that's a very good question. I think that there are times when I realize, as a filmmaker, I really just need a shot of you looking out the window, looking sad. You can think of whatever the hell you want to think about for you, <laughs> but don't spend too much time doing it because really, I just need a. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna stitch this all together and make it look. I guess the one thing that informed me was that. As a film actor, you're or a TV actor, unlike the theater. I mean, you're 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 just you're one piece of the puzzle. The director's going to take all these puzzle pieces and, and go in the edit room and, and make something out of it all. And um, and as an actor, I guess I also learned the director has so much to look out after, so much he, he or she is overseeing that you really have to make sure that your character is protected and that your character makes sense because. The director is going to check in, and, and you're, but you're just one piece of the things they have to oversee. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it does actually. It does because it. I, I guess the main thing is you're responsible for your performance insofar as you can. Obviously, editors gonna, and the director are going to going to shape it. But I guess I realized I was like, wow, I have so much on my mind. I hope these actors are really are really tracking their the, the arc of their characters because I'm going to be I'm going to be monitoring that a little bit but I've also got a zillion other things I got to be sure. looking at. No, I think it I think that is a great answer because it you know it, obviously a lot of performers we have a tendency to be a little self-absorbed and so you can go into something and think what what you're doing is really important. Yeah. And so it is good to say, I think it's I think it's great when actors you know, even if they don't want to pursue comedy, take improv classes where they learn how to listen and work with a team. Oh, yeah. And, and I always and, say to aspiring filmmakers, you know, there's guys who are good with the tech stuff and they don't know how to speak to an actor. And there's guys who are great at talking to actors, but they don't know anything about a camera. And I think, you know, it's really important to study the one you know less. Mm-hmm. You know, whether if, if you know all the techie stuff, then, then go take a, an acting class or an improv class, like you said. Um, and if that's your strength, you got to dive in and take a film class and, and learn um, the tech and work in all the different positions on a crew because the best people I've worked with know both. You mm-hmm. know? 
Well, uh, we're we passed an hour a little bit ago, so I, I could have really gone we three could, more well, hours. But that's why you have to come back. I will. Thank you. This is really cool, and I could I could obviously we have the very similar interests, so I could sit and talk with you guys forever. Well, we uh, I would I would love to have you back if you want to you know if you want to come back every so often and just check sort in, of, just check in. Well, or... We should definitely do um, something closer to uh, to to Oz, and I'm sure we can wrangle some of the other cast members like Mila Kunis or James Franco or Michelle. Can you get us Sam Raimi? <laughs> oh, I well, can totally get you Sam Raimi because he's my buddy now. We're we're actually like hanging out. <laughs> they wow. were so when I moderated that, that that panel, they were so nice, all of them, so nice. Like Mila Kunis, who you by know, the way, I'm sure she told you, but she, Mila is a true hardcore gamer. I mean, she was so deep into World of Warcraft. She told me, "Oh, what is that? Oh, I just heard a bunch of." Boners pop at the same time. I'm serious. Like, if you didn't find Mila um, uh, attractive already, she was, I thought she was kind of like, oh, being one of the guys. No, she told me that she had to like cut it off because it was consuming her life. And she was, I don't know too much about World of Warcraft, but she told me that she was like missing missions and the other, the team members (laughs) were getting mad at her and she was getting these like hateful like messages like, where were you when we were attacking Zor? (laughs) (laughs) One quest too many. Yeah. And they, they were like, but she was like a leader. And uh, I was just blown away by this. And then she told me that I said, well, do you get on the mic and talk to people? She said that she would get on the mic and people would be like, does anyone ever tell you you sound like Meg from Family Guy? <laughs> <laughs> and she'd be like, yeah, I get that all the time. Well, because th- there are some people that you meet and you 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 really get the sense that they're saying, you know, that they're like, I know I'm supposed to be nice to you in this situation. So let's just get through it. And she but she was so genuinely just, just like nice. Super cool. I mean, she, she, James, Michelle Williams, um, and Sam, just a really awesome group of people. Not, not one, not one diva. Everyone's just got along. It was cool. What the, the one thing Michelle Williams did that that freaked me out is that I went to shake her hand. She had a firm handshake and she looked me right in the eye, and I just felt I mean, like, oh, I can't That's look good. Was well, opposed to like looking over your shoulder. No, 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 yeah. no. But just as it, you know, like. It, when people shake your hand and they look you directly in the eye, if you have any insecurities, that's when they bubble up. Because you're instantly just like, oh, you're seeing me. You know? It's a like, power play, Chris. It is, and it know. works. Well, and she's also super pretty. So of go- all of gorgeous. Sudden, Michelle Williams is staring at you in the eyes being like, talk to me, Chris. And mm. then I feel like I have to. I just gave her a deep James Earl Jones voice. <laughs> talk to me, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows this is how I really talk. And if you tell anyone, I'll When I'm in the movies, I do my Michelle voice. <laughs> hey, Michelle, five minutes. Okay. <laughs> Don't tell a soul. <laughs> I will devour you. Uh, Zach uh, anyway, Braff. thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, at Zach Braff on the tweets. And uh, we'll see, hopefully we'll see you soon. Congratulations on the show. Thank you. All right. Enjoy your burrito, everybody. <laughs> Can't reach it. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Summer is here and adventures await. Wondry and Tinkercast are teaming up to bring you a summer of wow with new episodes of your favorite podcasts. Go on an epic adventure with Portuga the Pirate as she takes a road-tripping adventure across the country on Little Stories Everywhere. Immerse yourself in the life of someone amazing and listen closely for clues to guess who this person is on Whose Amazing Life. Listen to Wow in the World to discover something new about science, technology, and innovation, and the world around us. This summer, bring your imagination out into the world and find your wow. Visit Wondery.com slash Summer of Wow to find new episodes of your favorite shows and to download scavenger hunts for the entire family. <laughs> 